everyone. I'm Dr. Susie Green, founder and CEO of the Positivity Institute. Welcome to the Pioneers of Positive Education podcast series one, where I'll be chatting to those pioneers of positive education, those who forge forward in their mission to create flourishing students, staff and whole school communities. I'll be speaking to positive education pioneers from various schools around Australia over coming weeks to talk with them about their experiences and journeys in positive education. The podcast series is generously sponsored by Perth College, who will also be hosting the fourth Positive Education in Perth conference this October, and we hope to see you there. Today, I'm speaking with Alan Hope. Alan is currently the Deputy Principal for Curry Curry High School, located in the New South Wales Hunter Valley. Alan has been in this role for four years, and previous to this was Head Teacher Wellbeing in the same school. In both roles... Alan has had a focus on establishing authentic relationships with students, parents, and the wider school community. Alan is also currently the lead on the implementation of a positive psychology program for Curry Curry High School and a cluster of feeder primary schools. Alan also holds an honours degree in psychology. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Susie. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pioneers of Positive Education podcast series one. Thank you. It's um, it's nice to be asked and I'm really grateful to be involved in this process. Fantastic. So as you know, Alan, we usually start off by asking the interviewees to tell us a little bit about themselves in terms of a flourishing fact. So something that you do to support your own flourishing and well-being. Um, well, I think um, one of the most important things for me is I actually um, have a degree in psychology. So I think that for me, that has actually really allowed me to try and create a, a work-life balance between what's happening at work and also what's happening in my personal life. And I think it's funny because lots of people talk about a work-life balance, but I actually probably look at it more like a sort of a, a bit of a scale. So I can really focus on work when I need to, but I'm also able to take that step away and, and focus on myself when I need to do that as well. And, and lots of things around exercise and just spending time with family and friends. I think is really important for me to make sure that I'm able to give everything I need to give to my work uh, when I need to do it. It sounds like you've really benefited from studying psychology, I guess, as a science and then taking some of that learning and applying it to your own well-being. Yeah, absolutely. And it's looking for all my different um, strategies and thinking thinking through situations and looking at all my possible um, solutions to problems, both at work and in personal life, I think has really helped me um, with that, which I guess is a lot of that from the psychology degree. Yes, and I wonder, I guess we, I'm going to ask you in a moment what brought you to positive education, but I guess I'm curious that whether it is having had that background and education in psych that has led you down this path at all. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting because I'm not sure if that's what led me to positive psychology, but it's definitely what's kept me with it because I can really see the benefit and the science and the research base around positive psychology now as we're implementing it into into our cluster of schools. So um, I'm not sure if that's what led me to it, but it's definitely what's kept me kept me there and, and really kept the focus um, around positive psychology. Wow, that's fabulous. So, yes, could you tell us a little bit more about what brought you or your school, Curry Curry High, to adopting a positive approach? Yeah, I think um, what's interesting and, and very important to mention is that it's not just Curry Curry High School that we have working together with positive psychology. We actually have a cluster of schools, which we call our learning community. So that's five schools. It's um, Curry Curry High School with four partner primary schools, um, including an, an infant school, which is K-2. Mm-hmm. So we're all working together with a common approach, implementing 
you know, within our schools, within our school context um, as the need meets, but we do have a common approach to, to positive psychology. I guess one of the things that really led all of us to look at positive psychology was um, looking at some data and some things that are taking place within our schools. We're all based within a low socioeconomic community, so student well-being has always been a focus for every single one of our schools. We do some student survey, student data collection twice a year through the Tell Them From Me survey, and some of our results um, from that around students having a positive sense of belonging or students feeling a positive relationship with their school um, was quite concerning for us. And we really wanted to look for something that would, would allow us to develop and, and build a positive sense of, of belonging, positive relationships and establishing a growth mindset for students. The other side of the coin, I guess, for us in terms of looking at positive psychology was really looking for something for our staff. We really wanted a whole school approach through staff, students, community, the wider community. And positive psychology just really seemed to tick all of those boxes for us. And we made the initial contact with the Positivity Institute they sent through lots of readings and lots of background information to us around around the theories and, and implementation of positive psychology. And, and for us, it really just it, it just seemed to cover every single aspect that we wanted to look at implementing within our school to support our whole schools from K all the way through to 12 and staff, students and the wider community. So I, I think it really just encapsulated everything that we wanted for our school and our students. Yes. So, how, Alan? How had you had you come across positive psychopause? Do you recall your first knowledge of it? Um, it's strange because I feel like I had a knowledge of it through through my psychology degree. But I think, like like all good um, discoveries, it did start with an internet search, and right. um, we we were just really searching for whole school programs. We were looking at things that were going to have an impact for students. We wanted something that would really work for our cluster of schools. And, and I think a lot of the programmes and a lot of the things are already out there. You know, they either targeted primary students, they targeted sort of high school. We couldn't really find one that targeted every aspect of what we were looking for for our cluster of schools until we did come across um, positive psychology. And I guess some of the early work just around developing what positive psychology was and, um, you know, the PERMA module, I think, really was something that made us just really explore it a little bit further. Yes, and I'm really pleased that you um, mentioned, I guess, that positive education, I mean, in many ways, all schools are doing positive education, but I think for me, the differentiator is the strategic approach and that it, it, it permeates all aspects of school life. And I also, I mean, thank you for mentioning uh, that, that we have had the wonderful opportunity to work with you and uh, it's been our senior associate, Claudia Owad, that's been working really closely with you. Yes. Um, I, I also just want to point, I guess, highlight and point out that you are a public school and um, one of the biggest critiques, if you like, or concerns has been that positive education is is only for the rich independent schools, if you like. And to be honest, at the moment, it is the majority of independent schools that are taking this whole school strategic approach. But there have been a growing number of public schools looking at this path, including Mount Barker down in South Australia, who are definitely pioneers and leaders in this space. And we also had the opportunity very early on to work with Tully State High, which is up in far north Queensland. And, you know, very different schools and environments uh, to some of the other, I guess, independent schools that we have worked with. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about your thoughts on, on that from your perspective? 
Yeah, obviously the cost, like you said, it's something that I do, I think a lot of schools are mindful of and it's something they do need to consider. Working within the Curry Curry Learning Community, we are really fortunate in that every single school has made a decision, and, and it's happened since about 2011, but every school has made a decision to contribute to a bit of a global fund, is what we call it. Um, and we use that to do initiatives or to implement programmes and strategies that's going to benefit all students across all of our schools. As I mentioned, there's only five schools, so it's nice and easy for us to coordinate that. Um, and every year we do look at what we're going to use that money for, or we plan around it, we budget for it, really to make sure that it's going to be something that's going to have an impact across our learning community. And so we look at things around curriculum initiatives, we look at teaching and pedagogy, um, and also with, with student wellbeing. And so one of the introductions that we had to positive psychology was was um, Claudia basically gave an hour and a half, two hour keynote around the basic principles of positive psychology to staff as a bit of an introduction and then um, feedback from that presentation was so positive and so many staff just wanted to find more. They really saw the connection between positive psychology and their students. And based on that feedback, um, it was something that our learning community made a commitment to support the implementation of positive psychology. So although, as you say, you know, money's always a barrier to anything, but it was something that we wanted to make a commitment to staff saw the benefit in it and so did our fantastic learning community team of executives. So it was something that we wanted to make a commitment to. And, you know, we really worked through to find a way of doing that. Yes, and I have heard uh, we worked with another small cluster of schools up in Toowoomba, actually, um, three primary schools that did a similar approach by pooling their professional development money. So I think that's there's certainly the benefit from a cost perspective, but there's also that benefit, isn't there, in terms of creating, I guess, uh, the ripple effect uh, throughout the community. And I know down in Adelaide you might be aware that the South Australian government, in their mission to become the wellbeing state of the world, yes. um, had approached that through the creation of uh, activating hubs of community well-being they were referred to and I guess that's exactly what you're creating. A hundred percent and we really looked at that work that was taking place in Adelaide around the hubs of learning and we wanted to really focus on that and, and what we do is we we have a combined approach for every school contextualizes it into their own setting and then we get back together once or twice a term to share what we're doing and then we share resources we steal each other's ideas if someone's had a really great <laughs> idea to promote you know staff well-being or something like that you know we steal those ideas and, and we share and, and that really has had such a, a positive impact for us you know teacher workload is a, is a real concern at the moment and we are able to share the love I guess around with, with, with what we're doing and, and that really has had a positive impact for us as a team around positive psychology and it gives us a bit of a chance to debrief with someone who's not in your setting yeah. so we can talk about problems that we're having and really be solutions driven around things that have worked in other schools. Wow, that's wonderful, Alan. And I can hear the energy and enthusiasm in your voice. And I'm curious as to whether Zest Energy and Vitality is in your top five character strengths. Uh, yeah, I think it would be. I'm very, um, I am very passionate about this. And it's something that, you know, we can see the benefit from it. And we can see the impact that it's having within our school. And, and you did mention the work that we do with Claudia. And, you know, we, we get together our executive team of positive psychology implementers. We all get together and we, we talk with Claudia at least once, at least once a term, sometimes yes. twice. And it really helps to focus us and refocus us, but also to look back upon the, the achievements that we're making. I think sometimes we, 
we just take it for granted and we move on to the next thing. But, you know, working with Claudia really has helped us to focus on, on the successes and the accomplishments. Yeah, looking on the accomplishments that we're doing. So if you could describe your journey so far, and I know you're, um, I mean, even though it sounds like you're doing so much in terms of, I guess, the formal commencement, it hasn't been that long, but how would you describe your journey so far? Um, I think our journey has definitely been authentic would be one word to describe yeah. it because it really has it's evolved quite naturally and um, we've seen that natural evolution take place through whole schools so every single member of our learning community was part of the keynote that Claudia provided now that was in 2017 and just opening people's eyes to, to the PERMA module, opening people's eyes to the work of positive psychology was the initial step to us. Yeah. As I mentioned, the feedback to that was overwhelming. The staff wanted to know more. And yeah. so just at the start of this year, 2018, we asked every school in our learning community to get together a bit of a, a team of positive psychology well, I guess pioneers is the word that you're using, so I'll yeah. steal it. But <laughs> we, wanted a, we wanted a team of people within every school who was going to be responsible for implementation. And from that team, we then established an executive team. And that was going to look at the implementation across our learning community. So that's um, Alicia Christenthal, who's from Curry Curry Public School, and Lisa Scobie, who's based at Curry High School as well. Um, what we then embarked upon was a three-day professional learning experience with Claudia for all of our positive psychology team members. That looked at coaching, it looked at the principles of positive psychology, it looked at the implementation of it. And so that's been a really driving factor for us. We then started looking at collection of data. Um, one of the things, I guess, in schools nowadays, it's very data-driven. We have to look at you know, the money that we're spending and the impact that it's having. And so the collection of data for us was a really, really big factor for the implementation of positive psychology. It also really helped us to focus on what our areas were going to be. What did we want to focus on? Where was a starting point? Where to next? So that's been a very, very positive thing for us is to start with data because it allows us to look back and reflectively see that we're making an impact when we see some of this data changing. And then from there, we just looked at how do we plan within every school around the PERMA model? How do we use our data and, and implement things across our schools and across our learning community to take the principles of positive psychology but implement it in a way that's going to have that wide, widespread approach? And what specifically was uh, the data or measurement that you were utilising? Um, so we utilised a Tell Them From Me survey for our students oh, yes, and then yes. we used a PERMA survey for our staff members. So we looked at staff feeling valued, I guess, was, was the main one that we focused on, was, was an area of concern for us. And that was one of the things that we picked upon with our coaching sessions was yes. that our staff well-being was an area of concern as well. And actually became our starting point for positive psychology. So that was a really interesting thing for the whole team because we really assumed that when we took on this journey, we were going to start by putting things in place for our students. And in actual yes. fact, we didn't. We actually started with our staff. That's because right. if the staff aren't delivering and modelling this type of behaviour and this type of mindset, this type of thinking, then it's going to be really hard for our students to take that on board. Exactly. And that was a real discovery for us. Interesting. Yes. And often, I mean, there has been so much a focus on, on the students, which is obviously is important, but it, it's often the first time, I think, 
for many of the schools we've worked with where the educators have had an opportunity, not just the educators, all school staff have had an opportunity to stop and reflect on their own lives and their own well-being and, um, and I have so many stories and recollections of uh, people that have really had, in some cases, major ahas about, you know, their own well-being and, um, and the impact that's had on by role modelling that to the students as well. It, it really was that and we really did look at it and think, you know, if, if staff aren't showing this type of thinking, this type of mindset, then how on earth do we expect to deliver any of that to our students? And so, yeah, as you said, it was, it was a bit of an aha moment for us, but it really was something where we went, oh, maybe we should start with the staff. So we did. <laughs> Definitely. And look, this uh, question wasn't specifically um, forwarded to you prior to the interview, Alan, but I guess one of the other concerns is that we need to address, I guess, you know, the system, if you like. So not just necessarily individual educator and staff wellbeing, which is important. Um, you know, we absolutely know that we can and, and I would argue that we should be teaching these skills of wellbeing and resilience. But obviously, you know, there are policies, procedures, systems and structures and timetables mm. that can have a major impact yes. on well-being and I'm just curious as to whether any small even small changes have been made that might have had an impact from that uh, in that regard. I think one of the major changes that we've made at Curry Curry High School is in 2017 we introduced hubs of learning um, for our year seven students so it's now in place year seven and year eight and what um, that has done is it's put two traditional classes together so up to 60 students but it's also made some changes with timetable because we now have two teachers on each hub and what that has done is it's allowed teachers to co-plan to co-teach to co-mark to co-assess co-delivery of everything and by establishing those relationships between teachers between faculties within our school it's actually broke down a lot of our traditional barriers that we would have and it was really easy to work through on the timetable and what it's actually done is it's really helped our teachers establish relationships um, really authentic relationships through the delivery and the planning of our pedagogy and one of the things that we use we talk about a lot is um, we use real projects meaning that the, the learning that takes place for our students is engaging and authentic and for our staff to work together to look for authentic connections between subject areas it, it's really really been a positive experience for our staff so wow. that but then to be able to collaborate a real, a real change Yes, 100% the collaboration, the team teaching, the support for each other um, has been a really, really positive change. And it was something that has come around quite authentically with the hub of learning that we've introduced with Year 7 and Year 8. But it's actually had a really, really positive benefit for staff. Yes, and isn't it interesting because I guess again one of the often um, responses is we don't have time for this or we can't make those changes. And I do understand for some schools that we've worked with, um, in terms of particularly timetable changes or you know other larger changes, it's been perhaps year two or year three rather than year one when we've started to implement POSED because it does take time to make some of those changes. But in other cases, I've seen, I, I recall one of the first schools I worked with where the principal had, had an aha that the timetable needed to change and he called the person in charge of timetabling in and they made the changes on the spot, which was well, huge. That's that's what's happened with us. Our principal, Tracy Breeze, has really come in and, and wanted to make some changes within, within the school. And so she's really made that commitment to the hubs of learning, to two teachers co-planning together. She's inbuilt into the timetable an additional period of release every week for those two teachers to get together and authentically plan. So it's not another chore that they've been given. It's not something else they've had to do. They've actually been given the time to, to make sure that that takes place. And 
you know, it's really investing in our teachers' time because some of the learning, some of the real projects that's come out of that planning, out of that space has just been fantastic. And the shift in pedagogy has been amazing, really, to see the, the different ways that our teachers are now planning and programming for our students. Wow, that's so inspiring, isn't it? So thank you for sharing that. I'm wondering... That's all right. What have been your greatest learnings? Perhaps, you know, what's worked well, but if you had your chance to do something different, would you do something different again in, in you know, in retrospect? Um, it's funny, I've been thinking about this, and honestly, retrospectively, I don't think we would do anything differently because it has been so authentic, and oh. the, the work that we've with the Positivity Institute has really helped us keep a focus and helped us refocus, I guess, at times as well. But everything that we've done has been really authentic to our school context. So starting with staff, like for me, was was the greatest learning. It was it was that thing where we had all of our data, everything in place. And when we looked at our staff one, we actually decided that that was the place to start. So I think that that's been a really, that, that for me has been a, a big learning. Um, and I think one of the challenges that we had to look at working across our learning community you know, we're looking at over 100 staff members. And so one of the things that we had to do was really focus on what could we do? What did we need to do to really support the development of that positive mindset and that development within our staff while also working and, and doing some things for our students as well? So I think that that's been a real, a real big challenge to us. And I guess one of the barriers was to really look at it as something that was going to take place as a long-term project. It wasn't going to be something that we could just click our fingers and say, oh, look, now we're doing positive psychology because it wasn't. <laughs> no, yeah. And I think a lot of our staff, a lot of people in our team were like, all right, cool, let's do it now. What do we do? Let's start. And it was like, you know, we need well, to make sure that we have we have the groundings in place because what we want to do is make sure that this is something that does work for, for all of our students, our teachers and our community from kindergarten all the way through to year 12. So that's been a challenge. But I think the team that we work on has been has been great with a common focus, but contextualised into each school setting. Yes, and that's such an important point because um, often we do find, particularly if I guess those people that often off the back of that initial keynote that you mentioned Claudia did, where people's eyes light up and they get so enthusiastic and I've been reading in this area and I'm so excited and, um, you know, and that energy is, is fabulous. But for people that are at a different, I guess, stage of their journey, if you want to use that term, you know, we found sometimes that can even be a little bit off-putting that people are over overzealous if, if you like and I one of the pieces of uh, I guess greatest uh, feedback that I was given in the first positive education program I worked with which was back in 2010 with, with Knox Grammar the principal at the time John Weeks had, had actually said to me hasten slowly Susie hasten slowly and I've always retain that because um, I'm similar to you, a lot of energy and enthusiasm and it's far better to pause and do, to do this really well strategically and sustainably. Um, sometimes you do need to just hold back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and strategic is, is, I think, is the key word for that because yes. we really had to be strategic in, in what we were doing. We had to obviously be mindful of staff, of implementation because, you know, we had a small team within every school so we had to be mindful about workload and we had to be strategic so that staff and students saw the value in what we were doing so having those small changes but having the focus 
I think was a real positive thing for us. And, you know, I spoke a little bit about the PERMA model and we really looked at probably two to three key areas of that and we looked at what could we do for some of those areas and and you know the overlap and we you know we see things stretching out but it's it's been really positive for us to have those coaching sessions and working with each other really just to keep the focus on what we were trying to do and you know we started out with staff and then we said okay now's the time we can introduce you know start to introduce some grit and some growth mindset some of those that terminology to our students and you know, we really started to, to work on that and we saw those small successes, which has now allowed us to build upon small successes because now we do seem to see that we've got a lot of our staff on board and really taking part in some of the positive things that we, we do now in our school. Fantastic. And so where are you at in terms of the students? What, uh, I guess, what's happening in that area? Yeah, well, one of the, the changes that I think we made for staff, which has had a knock-on effect for students, was we actually changed um, our system and way of reporting on negative incidents that took place within the classroom. And what we did with that, we really focused that around into the positive. Um, We did have positive behaviour for learning um, already in our school, and we really looked at our school values, our school expectations. And what we tried to do with that was frame it around some of the data we were able to collect, some of the work that we had done around positive psychology. We used some of the readings from George Bayer and Maureen Manning, who did a lot of work around positive psychology and school discipline. And so we used a lot of that work to really shape it around. And what we've seen from that one is our the learning culture that's taken place within our school has really shifted. Um, we're starting to use all of those positive terminology. Um, we're starting to use consistent language within the classrooms. We're reporting and following up on instances of negative behaviour in a consistent manner across our school. And what we've really seen is a a real shift and a real change around learning. And and I think that that's been the focus that we've had. I think our staff um, and our students were not preoccupied to discipline. We're actually really focused on the learning. And I think that that has been such a shift for our um, school and for our students. And I think the other focus that we really had was um, around our real projects because one of the things we have really pushed with that is we don't want our students to ever ask, why are we learning this? Mm. We want all of our learning to be authentic. We want our students to understand when you're learning about something in English, it matters in history, it matters in job, and you can use these skills into the real world and into the community. And I think for us, that has been such a shift that we've seen for our students and we've really been able to to turn things around into the positive and put the focus back on learning for our students. And they understand now why they're doing things. And we've seen a shift in our learning culture. And it's been really, really fantastic to see because now the learning matters. That's right. And that taps into um, self-determination theory, which, um, you know, underpins really is being identified as the theory of flourishing, if you like, and specifically uh, the subset theory around intrinsic uh, motivation. And that is exactly what you're describing there, isn't it? Tapping into the why. Of why am I learning this? How does this relate to what's going to happen to me when I leave school, if you like? Um, exactly. Well. And we, we work so closely with our local community. Every year we have a community breakfast event. Our students cater for for the event, so they use yeah. it for the hospitality skills. But we also invite the local community and we tell them what's taking place within our schools um, through the learning community and we invite them to get involved. And what we do sometimes is we use the interest from our local community, from our local businesses. We use those people as an authentic audience. So when we do our um, projects, we actually report back to some of our community business groups, community members, organisations, and we show them how we're using the learning 
in our school from our syllabus and how it links back into some of the work that's taking place in the community. And we invite them into our school. We go out and do site visits. We do field visits with our kids to really make sure that they understand how that learning takes place and so that intrinsic motivation is there because they know that they're going to have to talk to these people about their learning and and show them how the learning matters and so that for us more than anything has been a really positive thing for our students. Wow that's amazing Alan. I know we're getting close to the end of 2018 and to the end of this interview too. Mm. Um, What's in store? What's what are your next uh, steps if you like for uh, whether it's the remainder of this year or perhaps looking into 2019? Yes, so for the remainder of this year, um, we do have a positive psychology calendar um, that's in place and we're looking at some whole school events that we want to take place to celebrate um, accomplishment and to celebrate our school communities. So looking at that sense of meaning um, and also building upon some events that have taken place throughout the year. So one of the most successful events that we held was the Haiti, where we raised money for um, the drought-stricken farmers. And so we're really looking at those positive events and what's coming up. So we do have a lot planned for White Ribbon Day um, coming up. So we've got some really, really positive things taking place for that. Um, And we're really looking at that as across our whole school community and obviously just celebrating successes from term four. So that's a really positive thing that we know that we've got coming up. Also really looking forward to seeing our follow-up tell them from me data because we're really anticipating we're having some positive feedback from our students. And as we branch forward into 2019, we're really looking at consolidating what's already in place um, for positive psychology. And then, as we said, very strategically looking at potentially adding in one further aspect and really starting to create a link between primary school and high school. So we are starting a learning project for the last few weeks of year six for our students. And we're going to continue that when they come to high school. So we're really going to support that transition period from primary school to high school. So the transition points is going to be a major focus for next year um, and strengthening the links between primary school and high school. Um, so yeah. that's going to be a major focus for next year. Well, I mean, that's even often a challenge for schools that are K-12, to for, I guess, even having the feeder schools coming into Curry Curry High School. It's such a crucial transition point, isn't it? So that sounds like a wonderful initiative, and I'm hoping you might write that up or present that at a conference at some point in the future. Yeah, we're really looking at the work that we're doing around this. We're looking at the pedagogy that we have and how we share the pedagogy. So we actually do present some of our learning and some of our pedagogy at a conference. So we do have that conference. But yeah, we're really now looking at that transition and how do we support the well-being from kindergarten into primary school and how we support that from primary school to high school. But similarly, for a lot of our students, we're looking at that transition from school to work, school to tertiary education, and and how do we support that? So transition points is a key focus area for us in 2019. Wonderful work, Alan. Really appreciate you taking the time to share um, your experience and um, ongoing commitment to positive education today. We only have a little bit of time left, and we usually ask for a recommendation, whether it's a book or perhaps a TED Talk or a podcast, um, that you might recommend something that you found useful in terms of positive education or positive psychology. 
Well, I actually did mention this earlier because um, I think the work that George Baird and Maureen Manning did around positive psychology in school discipline, and I think it's about a positive approach to discipline by teaching values and the expectations. For us, that has been such a core reading and it's something that we've really based a lot of our work on. So I think for anyone who's looking at implementing positive psychology into a school setting, I would really recommend that reading as a starting point because it really shapes the school community and I think it shapes a little bit of a vision about where they want to get to and it gives some tips and strategies for developing that into the school community. And obviously, I think some of the work that you're doing, Susie, um, around positive psychology and implementing it has been really important for us and we do keep up to date with a lot of the work that you do because it's very contextualised into the Australian setting and it's something that we know we learn from each other. And it's, it's really important for us to keep up to date with some of that work that you're doing as well. So not just because I'm on your podcast no, and we you. do some work thank with the Positivity Institute, but some you. of your work has been really inspirational for us as well. Thank you. I really appreciate that. But in terms of the chapter that you mentioned, I just wanted to let listeners know that that is contained in the Handbook of Positive Psychology in Schools. In Well, there's a first and a second edition, and I think the second edition was updated slightly. And it's been such a useful resource. In fact, I, I think when I started looking years ago, um, when we started working with Tully, I mentioned before, State High School, uh, they had a, a different term for it. I think it was SWIBIS, School-Wide Positive Behaviour Support, and they were a with a school and it was working quite effectively at Tully. But when I shared that chapter with them and we introduced positive education, positive psych, their response and feedback was that it took it to another level actually. Um, so that chapter is a re- it's probably one of the only existing chapters or published literature that I'm aware of that looks at the combination of positive psychology and positive behaviour, if you like, or positive discipline, as you mentioned. Yeah, look, it was one of the first readings that we did, and it has really been um, one of the most important ones for us because it really, not only did it tell us sort of how to do things, it really showed us what was possible. And yeah. so I think that for us to keep focus and to keep working towards it has really set up a bit of an ideal for us. And yeah, it's something that we keep on going back to just to sort of tick various things off and make sure that we're doing it and, and just keep that focus um, around staff and, and students. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Alan, and sharing your enthusiasm and energy and experiences and knowledge. And um, I'm really looking forward to hearing more about your ongoing journey and to hearing you present at an upcoming conference. I know you're not possibly. Yeah, definitely. And I know you're not. uh, We won't have the the joy of having you at the Perth College Conference coming up, but I'm sure there'll be another one where we will, and the audience will get to hear you speak and, and share again uh, your learnings yeah and hopefully we'll have a little bit more impact that's taken place on that so yeah fingers crossed that um, you know we keep on keeping on and see some positive impact for us and thank you very much for inviting us and all the support that you're doing um, around this within the Curry Curry learning community thank you so much Alan for joining us today and thank you for listening in and hopefully we'll talk to you again very soon thank you Thanks so much for listening to the Pioneers of Positive Education podcast series one brought to you by our sponsor, Perth College, who will be hosting the upcoming Positive Education Conference in Perth on Saturday, 27th of October. Don't forget to sign up for our free e-news at the Positivity Institute website, where you'll be kept in the loop for all things positive. Bye for now.